This meeting is being recorded. You hear anything or no? Just start talking, man, because I'm tired of this shit. But you know what I'm not tired of? My Georgia bottle! It's boom! Here comes the boom! Here comes the boys from the South! What a Friday! What's up? Happy Let's Friday, good gentlemen. To do another podcast. We brought in B-Train. And so here we are giving you a second podcast. You know, yesterday's podcast, there were some technical difficulties. But I'll tell well, you. I, didn't, I didn't give it to you until... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't send it to you till late. Now, it was, it was right. posted on Facebook. So I, I did get it up. But, but you're right. I didn't send it to you until... I'm going to send it to you right after today, though. Well, that's a good thing since it's Friday. And so we let, let's not put it out over the weekend. So, yes, it was a big day. Lev, get us started. Right. So uh, two things happened. First round of the NFL draft. I'm going to segue into you guys with your Georgia. You got your Georgia gear. I actually have to get a Georgia T-shirt now. That's my next duty so I don't look like the odd man out. Uh, mm -hmm. Philadelphia Eagles move up one spot. So they did trade. I was right, though. I said they wouldn't trade both of the picks. I was telling my friend. So at number nine, they moved up. Didn't give up much. Where did they give up to move up one spot? Fourth rounder next year. To get, as some would say, the most talented player in this draft, Jalen Carter, who on the one, of I think the USA Today rankings gave the Eagles an A-plus for that draft pick. An A-plus, highest, I think, ranked uh, pick, like only A plus in the NFL draft in the first round, and then come in at number 30 and pick up a uh, future linebacker, you know, really working on the defense, another Georgia linebacker, Nolan Smith, who I know you know a lot about, you know, a lot about both these guys. And it seems like the Eagles, you know, sort of, uh, they didn't really have to make the choice with Bijan Robinson because he got picked up by the Lions. The Lions are getting a D for that pick. Because they Maybe. picked him, picked the him up late. Falcons picked him up, Chief. Uh, excuse me. The uh, the Lions picked up the other running back from Alabama. Oh, I apologize. Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. So, um, well, thank you for correcting me. That's that's good. And then, um, yeah, so the Eagles look like they had an amazing draft. And then also um, another team in Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks. Played the Celtics really tough last night. I did I got to say I watched more of that than the draft last night, um, and uh, they had a tough L. But I mean, they really played the, the Celtics tough, and I I think the Celtics are going to come into Monday night's game against the Sixers really uh, sort of worn down, hopefully. And uh, well, Joel had the best possible situation, which is no Saturday night game. They're going to play on Monday. Sixers are probably in their best opportunity to go to the NBA Finals. All they got to do is get past the Celtics. All they have to do, because as everything's worked out in the other bracket, the Knicks are going to be playing the Heat, which is crazy. So that's my two cents. Where do you want to start, Lev? You just you jump. Let's go right into the draft. Let's go right into the draft, because, right. you know, I think that I know you are pumped. You both are really, really pumped about the draft. And obviously that series is going to be – I think is going to go a full seven games. So um, we're going to probably be able to, the way they've spaced that series out, thank God uh, it's only starting on Monday because the way they had it starting was Saturday, Monday, and then they weren't going to play in Philly till all the way next weekend. 
which was crazy. There was going to be a gap of from Monday to Friday. So now that Sixers uh, Celtics series will go Monday, Wednesday, and then this place, Philly, is going to be fucking crazy next weekend when the Sixers are hosting the Celtics in Philly. It is going to be madness. So, sure. I was thinking about tailgating the game. Yeah. yeah. Should. Should do it, man. That'd be awesome. They tailgate for basketball up there? I've I think seen this, this time they're going to. And I mean, how exciting would it be that after the Eagles and the Phillies, that if the Sixers could beat the Celtics, how much more would it mean this year? And, you know, someone made the greatest point. And, I, and let's go back to the NFL. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, what he goes, like, misses half of his free throws in that in that heat game. But Joel Embiid would go 21 of 23. I mean, how talented is your 7-2 center when he's like a 90-something percent free throw shooter? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I know. That's true. Uh, I think Antetokounmpo got a lot of unnecessary shit, though, for his comments. I think his comments were spot on and, like, I think, look, like I'm as passionate and crazy and probably unrealistic about sports as anybody. Um, but, you know, as you get older, you kind of like also realize like you put it in its proper like category as well. And so um, it doesn't mean you're less passionate. It doesn't mean you don't love the team any less. Like that's all a joke if, if you think that that's the case. That, but what, what Antecupo said about just like it's not a failure, like it's no. all build and you're not always going to win. Like I thought that was like a, a I'll be honest. I, I thought that was an awesome message that he gave. And I hope everyone listens to that. And like, I just, I just think it's like part of this, like fake muchismo that sports fans have and it's in Philly and it's in New York and it's all over the place. It's sports fans all over that. Like, no man, all, all winning is all that matters winning. Well, yeah. I mean, you want to win. Right. But like, that, that you're not going to win. No one wins every single time and, and you shouldn't get participation trophies either, you know? So right. it's like you put the work in, you have right. setbacks. That's part of the story. You have setbacks, right. you have losses, you get your ass kicked, you get knocked down. And guess what? The, the character of a person is in what you do after that happens. Just like Rocky Balboa said, right? Yes. Charles Barkley discussed this for last night. Cause I, I guess I didn't know why he was talking about it. But now I, I get what he was saying was like, no, I'm not a loser, you know, like I'm a winner. I, I've done I've come from like such poverty. And and uh, he was saying like, well, you know, Shaquille always says, you know, because he's got four titles and Kenny, Kenny Smith rides him because he's got the two and like he doesn't have any. I'm like, no, I'm like the most successful person on the planet. And I understand where he's coming from. He's right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's so contextual, too. Right. Like. Who, who oh, is, I love who, that word, man. That was that was good. Contextual. Who is Charles Barkley a loser compared to? Like, how many of you asshats at home like couldn't even get make your high school basketball team or your yeah. college basketball team or anything else? And you're talking to Charles Barkley, one of the greatest basketball players that ever lived, and because he didn't win a championship, he's a failure. Oh my god! Like, are you kidding me? Like, go sit in your basement. Like, what? This is the problem with the world, man. Like. Like, are you kidding me? Like, just, just, I think acknowledge like greatness and look, greatness comes in a lot of different forms. Like, you know, not everyone's going to be Michael Jordan, but just because you're not Michael Jordan does not make you a failure 
at right. any level. You know, it's all it's all just about like your perspective. So uh, and there was uh, only one Michael Jordan, and and, and right. there was only you know one Dr. J. As I see the right. Irving book in there's the background, there's one Will, there's one Barkley. Like yeah, it's, but there's been a lot of great players that have even been at the local level, local legends who played in Delaware high school basketball, who have been amazing basketball players. I mean, these people, I don't take them for granted, you know? Dude, um, don't, to, don't take Anthony Edwards for, for granted. Was that his name, B? No, Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Anthony yeah. Edwards is, is, is Louis, is, is uh, from- Don't uh, bring up, no, not the- Revenge of the Nerds. No, no, the, he, didn't he play in like the eighties, in the late eighties, Edwards? Oh, you talking about Eric Edwards? Eric Edwards, thank you. Yes. Is that a Delaware great or what? That's a Wilmington High great. Listen, that whole team, man, that whole team was great. Wilmington High. I still talk to Wes Reynolds, uh, <laughs> Robbie Johnson, who's still active in the basketball community here. Oh man, uh, Wilmington High had some great players, from what I remember. They had a great coach. We remember old Dexter Boney. Dexter right. Boney was. I was going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but man. He has a kid that was playing uh, locally now as a college player, probably. But but it's like it's like so funny, right? Like, just don't you see the irony of like these like these like armchair like sports experts, right? Where it's like, oh, he's a loser. He didn't make it to the league, or he's a twelfth man. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? Like, tell me about your sports accomplishments. They they ended at the YMCA when you were eleven. Oh, that's. Very good. That's yeah, awesome. but some of these same people then have kids, and then they go and they do travel sports, and that's their whole life, like criticizing the coach and like, it's you know, silly, it's 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 you know, I oh, I would never do that if I had a child. I would never do that to a kid. That's awesome, and hopefully not a coach too. I mean, if no, I would never do that to a coach. I just oh, I would never. The other thing is the reps, like. They give them so much grief, the refs, yeah, in youth do. sports, and I just think it's so obnoxious. God bless the referees. There's a reason why there's fewer people doing refereeing these days. They yep. can't find people to be high school football referees in Delaware, and I know it's not just Delaware that that problem is. It's it's a na- nationwide trend. But yeah. um, That's crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, sorry. We went let's, off on a tangent. Let's go, let's go into the draft. I mean, we can, we can talk about – the quarterback thing, because that was something we covered. You know, the, the the big talk was that up to five quarterbacks would be chosen. Only three were chosen, and there's still two left on the board. There's uh, Will Le- Le- Levis. Yep. Levis. Yep. Levis yep. and Hendon. Don't call me a hooker. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, so. Yeah. I mean, any surprises? I mean, I know I had heard of C.J. Stroud's name floating about that he was going to drop. He did not drop. Uh, the Texans got their quarterback. I think actually of the two, I think that was probably the better of the two choices. Um, I think the Texans are, are pretty well set and then got Will Anderson at three. But um, Bryce Young, is he going to be a good pro? You're asking me, I say yes. Okay. I'm so a fan it- of B, B and I were on a text chain this morning. Tape game tape that's what i'm a fan of like bryce young has been doing this not for one year you know he's been doing this multiple years yeah. and i know he's undersized a little bit but because he has little hands like me right exactly like jared <laughs> goff has little hands and who was the guy last year who had little someone else had little hands last year um 
Lev's got little hands. So little hands left. Um, so <laughs> it may be your new nickname. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I love Bryce Young. Like I said to B, I, I said Bryce Young and CJ Stroud to me were like head and shoulders just based on tape, based on actual game play, right? Like not all this other stuff, right? Like where you're wearing like the underwear Olympics and how fast you can run and all this stuff based on gameplay at, at the highest levels, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are, are hands down above everyone else. The, the I, hooker was, was good. My, my concern with hooker is that he is 25 years old and he's coming off a torn ACL. So a lot of people somehow they love to remind you. And I think I said this early, earlier in the season, Lev man, they love to remind you that Stetson Bennett's 25 and conveniently forget that hooker's 25, but he is, and he's coming off a torn ACL. So I think that's probably why hooker's sliding a little bit, but I, I mean, I think he's, he's talented too. I mean, again, just cause you're 25, that doesn't mean that you can't play at, at the next level. And two of those, I mean, there are a lot of teams that still need a quarterback. I mean, the commanders are in the second round and, it's interesting if you look at the beginning of the second round, I don't think any of those teams need a quarterback. Uh, so uh, I think you're going to see some more trade action going on there to move up and either get Will Levis or Hern, Herndon Hooker. Hendon. Hendon. Hendon Hooker. So you've got two quarterbacks. Left. There's actually a lot, but um, I guess still the Titans need a quarterback. The Raiders need a quarterback. Uh the Colts are Sam Howell is not an effective quarterback. Washington needs a quarterback. So Washington needs. You think a quarterback. Washington knows they need a quarterback, or does everyone else just know that they need a quarterback? I was wondering. Yeah. That, you know. And that's the enemy's big project is to get him to be their quarterback. So, uh, um, it's interesting. You know, I know they thought they had the guy from Ohio State who unfortunately passed. Um, what was his name again? That got hit in the accident. Like. Haskins, Haskins. Yeah, Haskins, Dwayne Haskins. That was sad, but he did not work out for them. Um, they've been looking for a quarterback since maybe Jay freaking Schrader and Mark Rippon. I mean, they haven't had a quarterback. Robert Griffin, the third for maybe a year there, and then he had the knee. So they haven't had a quarterback in forever. The this the the skins slash comms. Um, so that's a team that really needs a quarterback. I know the Titans have been looking to move on from Ryan Tannehill. Um, so I guess getting into the second day, those are the two interesting ones. And then I'm sure you guys know a whole other series of players that you think you have in mind coming up in the second day. Where Ross, there was a player you mentioned, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Were you surprised he went at six? Um, I was surprised he went at six, but there you know there's so much talk like before and and i don't think any day like i wish i could get my breakout for how much time i actually spent on twitter yesterday it was probably absurd because yeah. like you know leading up to the draft like you know you read all this stuff and and i read a lot of articles and and stuff like that and so i i try to figure and then i i figure out like where i i think guys could go and i'm i'm not even close to an expert but uh you know so I, I had heard that there was a good chance that he would be like a top five pick, top six pick, Paris Johnson. Um, and so, but I kind of didn't believe it, you know, but I, look, I mean, he's, he is a great kid. He's a mammoth human being. 
Um, he's a little under, actually, he's a little light at 313, but he's, I mean, he's like 6'6". Six, six. He's a big a dude. Light. Yeah. Um, but he, and he played again, like at the highest level and was, was dominant. And he had some versatility too. He played guard, play tackle. I was happy to see him go where he went. I was a little surprised that Tennessee, um, that they actually didn't take Levis based on all that, like pre, again, I'm not a fan of Levis, but like, just based on all that, like pre-draft talk about him. And I incorrectly mocked him at number two in our in our in our which was hilarious i just kept laughing um so i uh, you know look i mean i think there were some don't surprises. be surprised if they move up and get him today though they might go get him today yeah i mean they they may um the thing that's weird that i think is 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 a little weird is and maybe you know i heard that the eagles were taking some calls but i wonder why if they wanted him again you look at a guy like Levis, like you would want that extra year. I think if you were drafting a quarterback um, that comes with right. drafting someone in the first round versus right. the second. Yeah, no, you're right. Because the second rounds are, is it three years or four years? And the first rounders are five years. In the rookie yeah. Year. You get the extra yeah. year in the, in the first round. So what, right. what do you think B? I was, yeah. And I was going to ask him something too. So I was got, I'm picking you guys. I, I want you guys to be our panel experts today. Well, you got to ask us questions. That's usually okay. Okay. So I will I will follow up with that, Barry. And then at eight, I was going to ask you if you want to take what Ross said, and also, do you take a running back at eight for the Falcons, who I don't really think needed a running back at eight because they had they had come up with some running attack last year. So why were they taking Bijan Robinson? So go ahead. Bijan Robinson was a flashy name. I listen. They need the Falcons need all the help they can get. They're, they're a terrible team. They are a terrible team. They could have gone Will Levis because I don't think Desmond Ritter's going to work out. I think he's a pro he, he's a project. And I say by next year, they're drafting high again and they're taking the best quarterback available. Going back to B. John Robinson, he was the flashy name. He's the guy that's going to put behinds and seats uh, he's a shorter version of Cordell Patterson. Hmm. Plain and simple. You're drafting a guy you already have. They should have grabbed the uh, the kid out of uh, Ohio, the wide receiver out of, of Ohio State. They need receiver help badly. In Jigba. There you go. But yeah. they need someone to pass the ball to him. And Raider, I, I heard someone mention on the radio yesterday, which I thought was ridiculous that they were saying that Ritter is, is similar to Jalen Hurts. Uh, that, you know, this was a Philly caller, unknowledgeable, because they were asking about, you know, the Falcons and that, you know, they're like, no, Hurts is much more athletic. It, it, it's just not a good comparison in the sense that Ritter, Ritter and Hurts were both not taken in the first round. Ritter, I think, was a third round pick. Yeah. Yeah. And then... And then what did you think about Paris Johnson? I mean, I know that we were talking about and the whole quarterback situation. So I think Paris Johnson is a great pick for Phoenix or Arizona, excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you got to protect your quarterback, plain and simple. Uh, Kyler Murray's got to get better on his feet. Like he's quick to, to peel out of the pocket. 
Otherwise, that neutralizes the pick. That neutralizes your whole offensive line. Uh, but it's it's to me, it's a great pick for them. Uh, I was not surprised with Indy taking Anthony Richardson. Uh, I think he really? was the best. He, like Ross said uh, in the previous show, he's not somebody you plan for. Somebody had the. Uh, I don't. This is what what I didn't like all last week and leading up to the draft. If you're a mobile quarterback and you're athletic, they lump you in with a Jalen Hurts comparison. Anthony Richardson is not a. He he, he is nowhere near. He's not even in the same stratosphere as a Jalen as Jalen Hurts. Period. Yeah. Uh, Project, another project quarterback. I think he could do well, but again, what? Just like Arizona, he has no line. So this is going to, if he plays, this will be a learning year for him. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting. Gardner Minshew is more more likely than ever now to be the starter for the Colts. Absolutely. Also, what Gardner did. I mean, in that was it. What was the let? What was was I guess. It wasn't in Indy. It was uh, oh the Saints game. Yeah, he he played. I mean, oh god. I mean, it's this not is pretty tape right there. Yeah, Gardner's <laughs> exactly. gonna get a, Gardner's <laughs> actually gonna play. I mean, and this is the this is the quarterback that guaranteed that he's gonna play now. Uh, I, and I know we had talked about Richardson Ross on Tuesday. How I think you thought he had a lot of upside, but I mean, this guy is the the. I guess the Trey Lance of the draft, the the big, uh, you know, even the Carson Wentz in a sense, you you don't know what you're going to get in this guy. He's got the upside, but he also comes with the biggest risk. So I, I think what I said was that I, he is the guy that people believe has the most upside because I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel very confident about him. Um, and I, again, I was, kind of before we got on air with B, I was like, Richardson and Levis, two guys, again, I'm a tape guy, you know, based on what I see. Yep. Um, and I think I want to elaborate on something B said. I think it's it was it was really insightful was, uh, but then I'm going to talk about Bijan and why I actually think it is a good fit for the Falcons. But I, what what he said about Jalen Hurts, like that was a re- that's a really great point. And I just want to like build on what he said because – Jalen Hurts, people forget how freaking good Jalen Hurts was as a college quarterback. His numbers at Oklahoma were outrageous. He was the first freshman to start for Alabama. Like, he led them to a national championship. Like, this is not some guy who played 11 games as a starter. Like, Right, and if it wasn't it, if if he hadn't gotten pulled – then, yeah. then we wouldn't be having this. He would have been a first-round draft pick. Right. I like Rich- Richardson's a really intelligent kid, and physically he he has tools. But, I, again, I say tape. I haven't seen it on, on, in the games that I've watched, you know, with, with Florida play. And then I think it is irresponsible to compare him to Jalen Hurts because, oh, by the way, Jalen Hurts also – keep in mind also that Jalen Hurts didn't just succeed at one – powerhouse probably the the best d1 school at that time we know longer acknowledge it. alabama such but then he took his show on the road went to another conference and 
did it again at Oklahoma. And so, and you could argue he was even better at Oklahoma. Like, dude, this isn't just some dude who just got drafted in the third round, Jalen Hurts, you know? So uh, I, just, I just wanted to expand on that. I think that was a great point D made. And what were you going to say about – Oh, you oh, said Bijan. I actually like Bijan for Atlanta. I'm going to tell you why. Because uh, Atlanta is – is not like Philly in that they are going to support their football team ride or die. So I see Bijan as the type of guy who uh, is going to put my favorite word fannies. He's going to put fannies in the seats and he's going to be an exciting player. Um, I think uh, Cordero Patterson is like, 32 right I mean he's like he's definitely at the tail end even though he was incredible last year and the year before that and then they have Tyler Algier who uh, my comparison was Tyler Algier is a Honda and and I mean that respectfully um and this guy Bijan is a Ferrari I mean like these guys are just totally different things and I think Atlanta addressed their defense this through free agency they signed Bates to that huge contract they brought uh, Kalias Campbell in. They signed uh, another defensive lineman, and I think they signed a, a up-and-coming linebacker, and then um, Lorenzo Carter uh, as well. So they they addressed some of their defensive woes, and then they traded for Jeffrey Okuda from the from the Lions. They need to, but they but, but make no mistake about it. Like they need to fortify that offensive line, and they need to they need to do like force continue to fortify this defense because even though Campbell is great and great and, and uh, uh, Grady Jarrett is awesome. He is, he is such a slept on defensive tackle, but like he needs help, you know, and, and Kalias Campbell is, is good. He's really good, but he's also he's really old. Yeah. How old is he? Right. So you need to get some help. I just like Robinson because to me, he gives a team that I feel does not have a personality. He gives them a personality. He's a big personality, great kid. Like, I, I think he's going to be, um, I remember when work done was on the bucks and he came to Atlanta and he kind of just added this face and this personality to this franchise. And he did so much for the community, incredible stuff. And, and I think Bijan's going to do be kind of that same guy. And so I'm excited for Atlanta that they have, sort of that guy who I think can be their face of their franchise. Cause I don't think as you guys both pointed out, I don't think it's Desmond Ritter fellas. Yeah. And I guess, you know, Atlanta is going to go with them this year because they don't really have a, they don't have a veteran quarterback, right? They didn't when, you know, they let Marcus. They yeah. They, they signed, um, you know, help me out. The Reds, the commandos, uh, Tyler Heineke is Heineke. Hanky, whatever his name is, Heineke. Hanky, Hanky, stinky Hanky. So that's who they signed. But uh, but you know they do need, but but the Falcons do need another wide receiver. Like he's absolutely right. You know, um, I think there's some questions about not. I don't think I know. There are some questions about the way they use Kyle Pitts in that offense. Like yeah. as someone who has owned him in fantasy football for the last two years. <laughs> B, I know you feel my pain because you had him too. Like yes. He like he just seems so underutilized in that defense. Drake London, I think, looked good last year, but you know they they definitely completely agree with B. They need to more receivers, and I think you need to fortify those lines. 
I was going to say something that was interesting in the draft. You know, we didn't hear a lot about the wide receivers. Then what was it, like four wide receivers in a row sort of towards the end of the draft? Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know anything about this USC kid until Oh, Addison? Yeah. Yeah, so, he was he should have came out last year when he was at Pitt. Right. And so he transferred, I guess, for his junior year. And I I mean, you know, so there was, I mean, I'm gonna what were the what were the different receiver names and where did they go? I mean, and was Addison the best of them? The one taken first. Yeah, I got to remember it was in Jigba obviously went first. And then was it um, the kid from TCU, Johnston? Did he go second? Yeah. And okay. then there was he the went to uh, San, uh, uh, the Chargers. I keep, I keep calling them San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers. And at first I was like, I don't like, I like, I don't understand why the Chargers are doing that. And then I was like, well, you know, Keenan Allen is also on that, you know, backside of his career. Yep. And then uh, obviously Mike Williams can't stay healthy. And then um, I'm totally blanking on the third guy who, oh, Jesse, uh, not Palmer, but uh, his last name's Palmer. I, his first yeah, uh, is it Isaiah Palmer? I don't know. But Palmer, like, he, he's good. He was good yeah. every time he got a chance to play. So it made sense to me. Um, do you guys, quick question. Uh, do you guys think that they're actually going to trade Eckler? Have you no. Absolutely. I've heard that. He, he requested a trade. Yeah. Pay, what what I, pay that man if that's what if that's what this is about pay that man <laughs> that dude he he's hey, he's a fantasy terror but let's get to real football the dude just finds the end zone yeah you're right he is he he does man uh speaking of getting paid i guess jalen hurts uh perch atop as the highest paid quarterback did not last very long fellas did it who got paid what? justin or joe no. No, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Show me the money. So tell me what? how that Jalen Hurts contract looks now compared to – did, Where did Lamar end up getting? Do we – I mean, what was 60, he – 60, over five. And okay. how much would be a lot was guaranteed, right? Like it was – 185. Like 185? I thought it was more. Was it Not only – 185. Okay. Well, that's still – Yeah. That's not that much more than Jalen got, though. Jalen got like 170? Yeah. 179 i mean so was it worth all that nonsense for 185 i guess yeah for six million dollars more i mean that I, seems like i think stupid. lamar maybe misplayed his hand but i also think the ravens didn't handle it in the right way that guy got over 185 million 185 million pretty guaranteed that's, that's pretty darn good change i mean i don't know i mean this yeah. is where the cynical side of me comes in with sports and, you know, but. Um, but didn't yeah. the Ravens also issue a statement saying that he wasn't coming back? Like that, that feels to me like when, when you're dating someone and you're like, yeah, like we're done. I'm letting you know we're done. And then it's like, um, yeah, about that. Um, come on. You want to go see a movie? It. You want to see a movie? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, like me. I was lit. I was watching Raw on Saturday night, and I just I was laughing. Do you remember Eddie Murphy saying, "That's not it"? Yeah, but he wasn't talking about no girlfriend. I know. Oh, <laughs> I would like to talk to. You. I love his Bill Bill Cosby imitation. I would like to talk to you. That's hilarious. Uh, can we talk about the birds now? Since we talked, yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, uh, E Rock. I know he he. We were texting back and forth about the Raiders. Who did? Oh. I 
and the they Ravens, had a good pick too, from what I understand. They had a really good pick. Uh, Wilson, that dude from Texas Tech, right? Sure. It, so this guy, his arms are longer than Shaq's. Yeah. Is, is that insane? Like he I is. Mean, a, yeah. I mean, and I mean, he was, he was nasty at Texas Tech. Now the question is, is like, there are some health concerns with him. I think it feels like such a classic Raiders pick, doesn't it? Here's the, I, this is why I justified the pick in my head. They clearly don't have the defensive backs to stop. Like that's the air raid conference. That's the air raid conference. They don't have the defensive backs to keep up with the receivers. So you got to get after the quarterback. You have to. And he was the second best guy available. We got the first best guy. Yep. Yep. Man, I was sweating a little bit though. Cause I was like, you know, when, when, when he started to fall, I think it was like when he got to the Raiders, I, when he got past the Seahawks. Yes. I thought for sure we were going up to Seattle to make that trade. And then when he got there, um, you know, then I was like, oh man, I, I think the Raiders are going to do this. And then like Detroit, like it just like went and then, and people are like, oh, well, why did they trade with Chicago? Cause they only jump back one spot, but you, you got to remember like Chicago, like the Eagles aren't the only team in the league. So right. other people craving, you know, that spot, but like for Chicago, how appealing was that? Hey, we moved back one slot. We still get our guy. We're not losing our guy. Cause we didn't want that guy to begin with. So I mean, it was a, it was a just kind of like perfect scenario the way it all came together. And then, um, so I'm, I'm super stoked about Jalen Carter and then uh, Nolan Smith. I mean, yeah. Can I just ask about Jalen Carter? Do you think, will he be a starter this year or is he going to be a rotational guy his first year? Uh, I, he will be, he will not start week one, but he will, um, he will be impactful. And by the end of the season, he will be a starter. I mean, that, that rotate if those guys can stay healthy man that defensive line is absolutely nasty um i love it i love because i i can't remember if i said this or not but yesterday or when we taped our show earlier but here's the thing you put him next to big jordan davis you cannot block jordan davis with one human being you can't so guess what that leaves you get what are you going to do with jalen carter Oh, and by the way, you have these two guys who have played together for years. They are pressing the middle of that pocket. So the quarterback's got a flesh right. You're going to go to Hassan Reddick's side? <laughs> then you got to go left. Oh, look, it's Brandon Graham or Josh Sweat. You take your pick. Like this, the way this thing kind of, and then guess what? Hey, we got to rotate guys out. Oh, sure. We'll bring in Fletcher Cox. Hey, we'll bring in um, Milton Williams. Like it is insane. And then hopefully Derek Barnett will, I know we resigned him and I don't really know why, but like, whatever, we'll, we'll take him too. Um, and then you, you work in Nolan Smith. I mean, like the depth on this defensive line is, and all these guys can play with it. I mean, I don't, I don't love Derek Barnett, but all these guys can play, you know? So that to me is uh, Jalen Carter was the best player on the dogs defensive line in 2021 when they had all those five first round picks were all taken. He was the best player on that defensive line. This guy is an absolute game destroyer. What about the baggage with the accident? I mean, I mean, 
the Howie and um, I know Barry, you were probably sleeping by this point, but they actually did a press conference last night at about 12.15, Howie and, and Nick. Um, and that was one of the questions that was asked last night. And they, I think they handled it really well. They're like, he's a young guy. I mean, you know, he's, this is the biggest night of his life. You know, why are you asking him this? You're judging him that he didn't say in his presser, first presser to the public last night that, you know, uh, Ruben Franks was sort of dismissive that he didn't handle it correctly. I mean, are we being too hard on this kid? I mean, maybe made a bad decision. People make bad decisions every day. Um, what do you think about that? Because I think we, I think people do make bad decisions. I think he's going to have to live with it for the rest of his life. I think he, I think, I think that he's in a good situation with a veteran, veteran leadership on that defensive line to sort of get him well adjusted. Uh, yeah, I'll take this B and then you jump in, but here's my thought on this. So, uh, there's a couple of things to remember. Uh, Jalen Carter was not drinking at the time of this accident. So I think that's one thing to remember. But he was drag racing. He was drag racing. Right. Now, Jalen Carter was also is 21, I believe. So he was 20 at the time. He's now 21. Yeah. Raise your hand if you ever did anything really stupid when you were 21. That could have ended way worse than it did. But by the grace of God, it did not. Okay. Mm. Like. Yes, all every everybody's raising their hand, right? So let's let's just before we get on our, our our soapbox to preach, let's just remember that the other piece with this is he did not because his drag racing his drag racing it wasn't like he was like bumping this car off the road. I mean, it was it was it was it is is awful. It is horrendously tragic. It will never be anything other than that, and he has to live with that for the rest of his life. I, I, I don't, you know, to me, you know, as, as bad as that was, like, it would have been way worse if the investigation came out that he was, and, and maybe it will, and, and maybe I have the right to reevaluate this, but if the investigation came out that he like, you know, was tailing someone, which is something we all have done. I've been in the car with all of us. We've all done this, but if he was tailing someone, you know, and then like spun off their bumper, which is, that's not something we've done. But like, if he did that and caused this thing, that would be a different story. If he was drag racing, having fun, making a really dumb decision, was not intoxicated, then that's something else. Um, I think the other thing is he, he really can't talk about it because it is an ongoing investigation and he is taking the, this is, this is the advice that his attorney gave him. So I- like, Which is good advice. I mean, from, because in theory, I guess- you know, one of the one of the, the deceased people's families could possibly sue him for something. Right. And then the last point I want to just bring up on this is I had heard that uh, I've heard I'd heard a couple things. I had heard that some people like said that he is just a handful. And then I had heard some people say that part of why he kind of like showed up out of shape to the combine was because he really was, um, you know, he was like internalizing a lot of this and taking this in and just like very remorseful, but like quietly. So like, we, we just don't That's know. That's what Howie said. That's what Howie said we, last we just, night. Yeah. I mean, we, we just don't know. The one thing I thought that was a little bit weird uh, was I was watching uh, ESPN's coverage of the draft. And I don't know if you guys were watching this or not, or watching different network, but they said 
that the Eagles were unsure on Carter yesterday, and then Carter called them, and after that call, they were reassured. That like is a little bit concerning to me because if there was concern all the way up to that point, I kind of feel like by the time you get to the draft, you're either like, yes, we're you're out. Right. No, we're not. So uh, he, he definitely needs to grow up. He said that in his introductory press conference, he needs to grow up. I think he's in a great environment with, uh, you know, I think Sirianni is the right level of like toughness and love. And I think with the leaders in that locker room, um, I think Jalen is, is a, phenomenal leader but even like his you know and his buddies Jordan and Nolan and Nicobe all being there I think it sets up for and Brandon Graham's a tremendous leader on the defensive side of the ball and your D-line coach I mean your D-line coach who yeah who's your D-line coach again it's um oh my gosh uh he played at Alabama um totally blank on his name I'll get back to you on that um he's gonna have a big role in that yeah he is but but any but anyway uh, that's my point is I, he has some growing up to do. Everyone can do better. Um, the, the bottom line is like, it was a tragedy that two lives were lost an absolute tragedy. I wish it never happened. I didn't know all this did. So, um, but yeah, B jump in here. Sorry. I didn't mean to, to hog Tracy that. rocker. Boom. Tracy Rocker. Right. line yeah. coach. Yeah. Uh, I think Jalen Carter is going to be a great player. I think the judging of him and his accident is unfair. We have, I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely raced cars. I'm not going to mention this gentleman's name, although he's not on social media, but how we raced from Mount Pleasant to my house down Washington Street Extension. Uh, thank goodness my father is no longer with us because he would probably choked the shit out of me if he heard me tell the story. Uh, I mean, and I was 16, so let alone 21. And 21, I did, my God, I remember racing another friend, a Mount Pleasant graduate, down 202. Thank goodness nobody was hurt. No cars were crashed. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's extremely unfortunate that lives were lost. Uh, He's going. He's atoning for this. Let this young man. Let this. Let this young man live. Let him live. I think that's. I think that's wise, man. I agree. Like he. He made a mistake. He's a kid. Like I was thinking. Even as you were saying that, B, I'm thinking like, how many times did we think it was like so cool to like shut our lights off and drive like in, in, in like the middle of the night, like do dumb shit like that, or like, dude, B, I've been with you. We've done this. We have driven when we should not have been driven and when we should not have been driving. You know, like, thank God. Again, the grace of God, like nothing happened to us. And, but so I, it's not fair for me to stand here and be like, oh, well, you shouldn't have done it. I mean, like kids, 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 adults make bad decisions every day, every day. So what do you think, Lev? I mean, you're you're kind of. I think of when you're, I think when you're young, you like to do stupid things because it's very empowering. And I see this now as more of an adult and someone that's been in education for 23 years. And they always there's this saying that is so true that youth is wasted on young people <laughs> because because when you're young, you do stupid things, and when you get to our age, I mean, let's be honest, this kid 
he's a kid, is young enough to be our kid. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're all old enough to have a 21-year-old kid. Um, and you realize that 21-year-olds are not, I mean, I guess they're adults, but they're not really adults. They're, they're stupid. I mean, and, you know, that's part of the dilemma in sports is that you can make money at such a young age, but your, your brain hasn't developed to a point where you're a mature, rational adult at that point. So although you're treated like an adult and expected to make adult decisions, you're in this sort of environment where you're not making adult decisions. And it's part of the, part of the challenges of getting, you know, having money at such a young age. And it's actually, it's also part of the reason why so many athletes lose all their money by a certain age and get into bankruptcy issues. So, you know, that gets into money as well as personal decisions. So I guess I just totally went off the subject, but it's a, it's a decision-making process. And I have a feeling that at age 35, when he's at the end of his career, he's going to be more like a Jason Kelsey than he is, uh, you know, at, at this point where he's going to be a much more mature adult. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you look at guys like Warren Sapp, right? I've heard him compared to Warren Sapp. And I think like in terms of the type of player he is, like he reminds me so much of that. Um, and uh, I think he, Lev, you also raised a good point too, because another thing you have to think about is these guys, right? And whether it's Athens or wherever it is, like they go out and they perform in these stadiums, right? And so they go out and they are cheered and they are adored. And if you're one of the best players in on your team, your you know conference in the country, like I can't imagine what that adrenaline rush must be like, right? Like you're already 21 you have testosterone like bouncing through your body every, through everything and then you go out there and you have this like just intense experience on the field and then i mean like how can you like you, you kind of feel like at 21 too i mean that's the thing like you have this era even when you're a teen you have this era of invincibility right and right. so like multiply that by what i just said and i think just maybe people can have, have some grace. I mean, it's possible to do what all three of us are doing, right? All three of us acknowledge the, the, the tragic, horrific way that this thing happened. And can you imagine having all that grace and that, having all that accomplishment and then at 26 being like nothing? Like how horrible that must be? It's, yeah, I mean, it's tough. That's tough, right? So um, I think it's about acknowledging the, the sadness and also acknowledging that people make bad decisions and yeah. none of us are above, above that, you know? So let so, me tack on this kid is not acting like nothing happened. Like th that's the furthest thing that he's doing. So I just wish him well, man. I just wish him well. I agree. Now, today's day two, the Eagles pick at 63, and then they got compensation from the Arizona Cardinals for doing us a favor and taking Jonathan Gannon. Supposedly there was a tampering charge. Did you know the Eagles filed a tampering charge against the Cardinals? I talked to Gannon before the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, that I, we, I heard that yesterday. I was a little bit surprised. Jonathan Gannon, you know. Of all people? Up, what? I said, of all people, him? So um, <laughs> the Eagles' second day pick in 63 and 66, 
is it do we have targets or is this point you're you're going out and you're drafting the best player possible you want to go first b or you want me to uh i'll go first yeah so what played in my head last night was the fact that when we lost Dallas Goddard, we took a hit offensively that I just didn't see coming last year. Uh, I don't know if I would use the first pick on a tight end, but I don't know, man. Darnell Washington is looking really good in my books right now. Bring exactly. Bring another dog up. Right. And I hear, I hear this is the year of the tight end, too, that this is like the best tight end crop in forever. A lot of good ones out there. And this is a reach with our second, third round pick. But I really like Kenny McIntosh. I really like him. But I also like Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. I like that kid. He runs hard. He's a. He's one of, I can't remember what they call him. Like he, like he gets stronger after contact. Like he gets that first hit and it's like, okay, what's, and he's, and he's still going. He's a need three, get five, need five, get seven type of running back. Uh, his hands are a bit questionable. Like catching the ball out of the backfield, but he's another guy who I really like in the third round. I um, I'm I'm torn because it's like we have to an outsider we have they they outsiders look at our team. I gotta pause this for one second, guys. I apologize. Oh, you okay. This meeting is being recorded. Uh, so uh, yeah. So I, I'm torn too with the running backs because I look at this draft and and I look at what I'm saying was I look at our team and um. I think to an outsider, they're like, oh man, you guys are loaded. Like you don't need anything. But like to us, we're like, well, shoot. Like, can you imagine if Lane Johnson goes down? Like we also have been remarkably fortunate in the health of our team last year. Right. So if you lose Lane Johnson, like that's no bueno. So for me, I want, I want a lineman. I want an offensive lineman, uh, someone who can play tackle. Cause I don't love Jack Driscoll out there. Um, I love tight end, um, as well. Um, and you know, Darnell Washington is an absolute freak show and an insane blocker. Um, yes. So like that's insane that, you know, just the thought of adding another dog would be crazy. Um, we need, here's the thing. This is where I'm kind of like, I'm not sure where I'm at now. Right. Cause a lot of people say, Oh, Brian branch from Alabama and he's a really good player, but you also have to look at the draft with what you need versus like the available free agents. Cause you know how he's going to, he's not done. Howie. He's, he's going to keep doing some work. Right. So I see us as having needs off offensive line. I see us having needs um, in certainly in the secondary and then probably like the linebacker and then tight end running back. So I, again, that's like, okay, could we, potentially like bring in a running back like is there a youngish kind of guy like 
I don't know why Kareem Hunt, I know there was all those trade rumors and I'm not a fan of Kareem Hunt for, for, you know, that stuff that happened way back when, but you know, again, I'm about giving people second chances. doesn't mean I have to love them, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, so I think about like, is there a running back that is, is in that, in that realm? Cause I do think like our running back uh, trifecta seems very, very unresolved to me. Um, I just don't know if you, where you use these assets, you know, I, I, I would not dress the D de- I, I think our defensive line is set. Like, I don't think we need anything else there. Um, and then next year, you know, obviously with, with um, I think we have 12 picks or 11 now that we traded one and then we're going to get, get, get those uh, compensatory picks too. So I kind of think the Eagles can't go wrong um, because there's so many areas that need fortifying, but I definitely want an offensive lineman with one of these picks uh, there's a few names out there that I, I really like. I really like uh, B mentioned his guys. And then there is a, a guy from Syracuse who, um, who can play, who plays both tackles. There's a dude from TCU. Um, hold on. I was reading about him today and I remember him from when Georgia played him. Steve Avia plays every position on the offensive line. Um, so like, I feel like the Eagles love that type of versatility um, there and then I'd love to see them get a young corner too, or a young safety. Uh, we definitely, need, I think safety is the bigger immediate need. I think you could draft a guy who's a safety and come right in and start. Um, that's where I would go. I would go safety, offensive line, and then um, probably running back. I mean, I just think they don't value linebackers, and I just think that's that's the way it's going to be. I, I'd, I'd love to see a linebacker too. But and that you, know, you mentioned the back from UCLA on Tuesday. Yeah, love him. I love him. Would he go to six? Would he fall to sixty three or? I think it's possible. I mean, the thing, the knock on him that I've read is that he, um, you know, he's he's got a lot of tread on his tires, um, and so he may be a guy you can bring in. But he's taken, you know, the bulk of the carries at UCLA for for several years. So you might, you know, in terms you of might his- also want to just get a veteran who's going to get released. Right. I hear Henry's name coming about from Tennessee, right? Uh, that's not happening, I don't think. I mean, they're not going to release Henry. And I, I just don't think if – I think if your source is the guy from American Ninja Warrior, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not I, – I don't think that, that that's, like, the wisest uh, path to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you oh. – uh, I'm just thinking because we've done – we're almost an hour over. Do we want to hold off and just do the NBA on maybe Monday, which we could do, maybe do a Monday show. And uh, actually Monday's tough. Um, I mean, I, I've got a why couple. Don't, why don't we let, let, let's, let's kick it through the, the, let's, let's do like five, 10 minutes on the Sixers and then we'll. we'll right, we'll, right, right. And cause actually Monday's a tough day for me for a variety of reasons. I'm excited. Is this going to be a different series? I mean, I, obviously <laughs> It's interesting. Jalen Brown is now wearing the face mask that we always remember Embiid having to wear. They go off last night, Brown and, uh, you know, uh, Tatum, and they play well. I mean, this is a tough team. It's a very deep Boston team. But, I mean, and Barry and I have talked, main difference is you got Tyrese Maxey, who was never really a factor in the past and never a factor before. So the Sixers are different. Then they played the Celtics. I think they played them in two series over the last several years. But um, 
the Sixers, Maxi, they got Tobias is playing well. Uh, I guess to, uh, they got PJ now. They got uh, Harden. Hopefully, he's still got some tread on his tires there. Um, and then Embiid has got the best possible situation, which is he does not have to come back until Monday. Uh, so, you know, I guess the Sixers are probably the healthiest they've been in years in hindsight. Looks that way. Um, Train, what do you think about, uh, you know, I, w- I was I was thinking a little bit about like these these matchups and that history. Um, what do you think about, like, yeah, let Lev called out like Maxi has been playing great, right? Tobias, PJ, play, playoff PJ has been like a totally different player than the regular season. How much of that is a product of playing the um, Brooklyn Nets? And how much of that is, can we really buy into? Because the Celtics obviously are not the, the Brooklyn Nets, right? So That's how, the first how, thing I was going to say. Okay. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish your question. No, I was just say, how much do you buy into, like, this is a new version of the Sixers? Like, because I'm, I'm kind of, like, struggling with that myself. I'm like, do we believe in them yet? I'm, I, I want to believe, but I'm, I'm like, well, I don't know. So my concern, like you said, this is the Celtics, not the Nets. Uh, another thing, as Lev just said, this is a deep Celtics team. Like, they go five deep with no problems at all. Uh, what we this is what we need. We know Maxi. We know Maxi can score. We need a consistent, at least twenty point effort from Maxi, Harris, and the Beard. We need PJ Tucker to stay to stay playoff PJ, and we need a healthy contribution from McDaniel off the bench. As much as you you guys always hear me say I, I'm not a I'm not a Shake fan. I haven't been a Shake fan. We need Shake, and we need Shake to show up. The problem is I don't know what he's done. He's barely gotten he's he's in Doc's doghouse for some reason. He's barely gotten off the bench. Um, I'll tell you what scares me a little bit with Shake is I feel like his handle I feel like smart will eat shake and spit shake out he's gonna have he's gonna you know he's gonna enjoy that shake and smart is an animal and that's the other thing I think Maxi Maxi's a good ball handler I mean Harden is is a very is is our best ball handler right like this is Lev's favorite thing ball when we talk ball handling Ball um, skills. Ball skills. You love ball skills. So, um, but, but, so talk a little, two things for me that I want to know about. One is like, talk a little bit about like that, what we're going to need, because are we going to need Harden like at 40 minutes a clip, like every game this series because of the, the pressure that, you know, and Brogdon, by the way, is a, a strong defensive player too. So, these guys and I mean, these guys are, are excellent defensively. So there's that. And then there's someone besides Joel that you forgot to mention. And he is, I am the president of this man's fan club. And that would be B-ball Paul. Oh, thank you. Train. Talk <laughs> to me about B-ball Paul, what we can expect to see from him. Can he carry the Sixers to an NBA championship? 
And uh, more seriously, though, like the ball handling, the challenges that Boston's going to present. So we'll start with B-Ball Paul. He's going to have his hands full with the Boston Bigs. My, I, I don't have a concern with B-Ball Paul. I think he's going to give us solid minutes and solid production as long as he's got to play. That's just who he is. Uh, Philly is going to have to move the ball to get good looks. They can't run a guy down to the corner, hard and dribble it out. You, you can't put the ball on the floor around Brogdon and around Marcus Smart. You just can't do it. Those guys' hands are too quick, and they look for that. It's got to be either attack the basket or move the ball quick enough to where they're out of position and they get a good shot. Because if you dribble the clock down or you try to back the, you try to back down Brogdon or back down Smart, they're too good for that. And they're good, they're quick with that reach around back strip, and then they're off to the races. And I don't know what it is, but man, like Tatum, when when that reach around strip happens, Tatum is a track star. He is gone, he is filling the lane, he's getting it, and it's showtime on the other end. So Philly's gotta move that ball quick, either move it quick to mismatches or move it quick. And as much as I hate to say it, look for open J's. They got two two dribbles at most. Harden in his between the leg dribble and try to lull you. That's no, not against Smart or Brogdon. It's Rap City. That's a great point, man. That's a great point because you're right. Harden does that with a jab step and then pull jump back. You right and like you're right. These guys defensively, they're just too sharp. And then oh. even. And Devin White, too, that, that the kid with the big forehead. He's yeah. another one who's on the ball like you wouldn't believe. And then Al Harrington – or not Al Harrington. Jeez, did I say that? Al Harrington from 2000. Former Indiana Pacer, great. That's right. But uh, Al Horford um, plays us – traditionally plays us pretty tough, although Joel Embiid did uh, take it to him, I think, the last two games. So that was nice to see that that sort of progress. Um I don't know, Levman. How are you feeling about the series? Like, get you, we going to do some predictions, and maybe we do like give me. I'm, before I'm we still get to taking. Three. I'm taking Boston in seven. Okay. And two, give I'm me, give me an, give me an X factor. I want a player on the Sixers who you think, if this person, tell like you know maybe not like someone that everyone. I would love at. to see Tobias go for like 18. If he averages 18 points. Gets a couple three-point shots. There's two players. It's Tobias and Tyrese. Those are the difference makers on on the Sixers. I mean, this is probably the deepest Sixers team to play a Celtics team. I guess they didn't play that year against Toronto, so it doesn't really matter. But this Sixers team is deep. And, uh, you know, um, you've got the NBA MVP. Knock on wood will be hopefully healthy. Uh, or as healthy as possible. And there's no one on the Celtics who can stop Joel Embiid for a variety of reasons. And Al Horford's time, I mean, he used to be able to manage him. He can't do that anymore. He's, you know, he's to the level now where he's eclipsed being able to be managed by Al Horford. And so we always worry about Tatum and Jalen Brown and the Celtics depth, but the Celtics have no one that can, that can actually keep up with Joel Embiid. And maybe 
we need to think about that a little bit. So the Sixers go out. I mean, what's really important. Are you comfortable with that knee lift? Are you feeling like Embiid's going to be 100% and like not Certainly more comfortable with it than, than the orbital fracture. I mean, remember, he missed the first two games of that series against Miami last year. I think much more comfortable now. And I mean, Harden is, is about as healthy as Harden's been in a couple of years. So, um, yeah, I mean, you've got to be, if this, this is probably the Sixers' best chance to get to the freaking Eastern Conference Finals this year. And we all know, I think, that if they can somehow beat the Celtics, then their path to the NBA Finals doesn't look so bad. This is that series, you know? This is the, let's be honest, the biggest series for the Sixers and would, would, would Dallas, shall we say, since 2001? Probably, I don't know. I'd probably say since Toronto because we were kind and of- the Hawks series was pretty damn big for a variety yeah. of reasons that we didn't think it was going to be a problem. I mean, let's, yeah, I mean- Rain, what say you, man? What, give me uh, your thoughts on Embiid's knee and like how, how much of a factor or non-factor that will be. Uh, I'd love to hear X-factor player and then a prediction. Okay, so if we can keep Embiid from going east to west- He'll be fine. Uh, the thing that's being floated around the media up here is he probably won't play until game three. No. Yeah. That is, to me, if that if that's the case, I say we're lucky if we get, a, we're, we're lucky if we get two games. We play, we, we'll play them as hard as Atlanta did. X Factor. To me, it's going to be the threes. And when I say the threes, I mean Tobias Harris, George Niang, and uh, Jaden McDaniel. Uh, that to, if they can, if those guys can get off, get get the, if those guys can score at a great clip, that causes problems. That forces Brown and Tatum to defend. And I don't know if you've noticed, they did not defend at all in the Atlanta series. They didn't defend one bit. That's why Atlanta was able to, to bring up all those points in those guys. And if the guys playing the three can score the ball, that's my X factor. So predictions, if Embiid can play from game one forward, I got Sixers and seven. If he doesn't come back until game three, I got Celtics in five. Can I just throw out one prediction? As Clubber Lang once said, <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, all right. I'll go. So, um, Sorry, any other analysis before I jump into my X Factor and prediction? I forget whatever. No, give it to us. Okay. Um, all right. I think Embiid actually, I think this is part of the Embiid mystique. And I think he comes out in game. I'm torn. I think he's either going to be there game one or game two. Um, I, yeah. All right, game one or game two. So I'm going to say, you know, if, if you have a gun in my head, I'm going to say he'll, he'll be there game one. Um, so I'm going to say that. I think 
my X factors, I love uh, what both of you guys said, but because everyone picked multiple X factors, I'm going to do the same thing. I love the call of Jay McDaniels. And I was thinking about that a lot um, after y'all were talking about it. Um, B, I think you brought up some great points too. And uh, But Jay McDaniels, defense against Jason Tatum uh, is going to be really crucial because I, I think that's going to be the matchup, right? Yep. Um, so my X factor is go, but, but he's not going to be my, my X factor. My X factor, two of them are going to be PJ. Cause I think is PJ going to match up with Tatum. I, I mean, I, I thought I, Harris would have matched up with PJ. You may be right. It may be Harris, but you know, PJ is our best defender, right? So that that's who they usually make sense. It would make sense. Yeah. But you know, but again, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll show him a variety of looks. But here's here's one player that nobody has really mentioned yet. And to me, I think the X Factor, this was my first thought before everyone started talking. I was like, no, you guys are right. It is PJ. It is Jade. Uh, I, I think D'Anthony Melton, because those guys, the guards are going to have to, they're not going to be able to play the full 48. So right. at some point, we're going to have to rely on like D'Anthony Melton. And he is going to have to produce. He's going to have to, you know, he showed me some stuff in the Brooklyn series, some athleticism, that that driving dunk. Like, that's not something we have seen as Sixers fans from our guards in a really long time. Um, so he, and, and you know, he's 6'2", but he, this dude's got the, the longest arms. And so he is a ferocious defender. Um, I love that. And uh, I, if he can hit some, some, he can provide a little pop off the bench on both ends defensively and offensively. And I think he will. Um, that's my X factor is going to be D'Anthony Melton. B, you were making a, a motion. You know, I, two things you hit on. You know, I, it was one of his dunks against Brooklyn when I realized how long his arms were. And I know he's six, two. I know he's six, two. The dude plays like he's six, 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 seven. Completely agree. Complete. And he rebounds like that. I mean, he rebounds yes. like that. Yeah. I mean, so I think he's going to be an X factor for me. And then uh, I struggle with this prediction, man. I see it seven and I struggle so much because it's like, I'm, I'm weighing my heart versus my brain. And obviously, you know, which is going where. So um, I feel like historically when I've picked against our teams, that has worked out well for our teams. So for the betterment of Philadelphia sports, I will continue that tradition. I never picked the Phillies to win any round. And um, I will pick the Boston Celtics in seven. And it will be a very painful game seven. Um, and it will be a hard fought. Like it will be one. I think this is, we're about to embark on one of these uh, series that it's going to be something like incredible. An incredible series. That's my prediction. Okay. Like and we'll be able to touch base next week. Hopefully, uh, well, the next time we do our show, I guess Wednesday is game two. Yeah. Wednesday is game two. So we'll, we do it on Thursday. We'll already know coming back to Philly when the series is tied 1 1. So I'm pretty confident, actually. I'd like to see the Sixers get one of these games. Head back to Philly 1-1. I think that would be awesome. Lev, you're really good at predicting this. I feel like you, you've done this quite a few times. When do you, like, which game do you think 
is more for the take and for the Sixers. Is game one? Game one. Game one. With the short rest? Okay. Now, let's use the Phillies as an example. Didn't they always steal that game one? Every series, they including did. the World Series, it was only the World Series that got the Phillies. But they stole game one in that, too. So you're not worried about the Sixers being a little rusty in game one? No, no. I'm, but obviously the Embiid thing is the major issue. But if they were going to win one of those first two games without Embiid, it would be game one. I agree. Yeah. No. Okay. And B-ball Paul Reed. B-ball Paul. Poor B-ball Paul. He was interviewed on the Cuz show yesterday, and it was just really awkward. I mean, he's just, I think he's just so shy and so quiet. And, and like, he was not – Man, I need to get with his people and do some media training with him because he was uh, he was who who would you who as the energy guy? I always love that term, the energy guy in the NBA. Who are former NBA energy guys? There's like this assumption that you have no like you're not following the system if you're the energy guy. You're not the most talented guy that you go in for 15 minutes and that's it. And like who are like previous examples of like the energy guy from different teams? Well, I mean, Rodman was an energy guy before he became the, the global entity that he became, right? I mean, I, we could probably rattle off a bunch of those. Like, Anthony Mason was kind of an energy guy, wasn't he? He was. He That's was. where I was going. Yeah. I loved Anthony Mason, man. Rest in peace. Um, so he I, passed away? Like, that's why his thing was in online. So he passed away yesterday? No, Anthony Mason's been – he's been deceased for a while. Yeah. Oh, wow. Then I'm like late on everything these days. I'm just Reggie Evans, another energy guy. Like, yes, yeah. these I mean, like PJ Tucker, is he considered an energy guy? Or he is. Guys? And I think you could say everyone on the 2004 Detroit Pistons were energy guys. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Rip Hamilton? Rip was not. No, no, but he wasn't your, you know, consummate star. You know, I mean, he. Lev might have stepped in it. Lev, you're our energy guy for the show, I think. Yeah, I, I've got a lot of positive energy today, but we'll talk um, about that another time. Can we talk, Train mentioned, I didn't know this, um, that one of, well, uh, that one of our beloved uh, MTP teachers uh, has. Yes. Yes. Can talk about that, Lev, and, and Train? Yeah, and I was, uh, I think, very saw me i was i was very very you know i was crying and uh, miss denton passed away i know her miss denton mrs denton johnson um passed away and um yeah i mean this woman taught me shakespeare i mean i went to the theater on uh sunday i went to the theater on sunday and so one thing that i always remembered her was um was that we went to see Shakespeare at the Grand. And this was something, I mean, I, I wasn't a big Shakespeare fan, I'm gonna be honest, but she at least got me to appreciate Shakespeare and taught so many of us how to write. Um, and, uh, you know, it also is sad because we are losing this generation who have been so much, so important to us. And I was talking to Matt Money and, you know, She's sort of like when I became a teacher, I modeled my teaching style after the people that we went and learned from in high school, the, the John Crumbs, the, the Karen Dentons, the, you know, these were the types of people that I modeled my teaching approaches to because 
you learn from those that taught you so that when you become an educator, and you don't have to be an educator, but you learn from folks like this. And it's just really sad. And she's going to have, um, it's next Saturday, May 6th at St. Andrews and Matthews, which I guess is in the city. She's going to be having something at 10 a.m. And then there's going to be a, I guess, a luncheon afterwards. So I'm making plans to see as many of you as possible next week. I hope to see you all next week. And um, yeah, it's very sad. And the other thing was I got to see her on Easter. Um, I went to the hospital and saw her. And to be honest, I, I think I told both of you that when I when I saw her, I I knew she was going to pass soon um, just because she just looked very sick. She had just come off um, literally the day before a feeding tube. And, you know, I left the hospital just really sad. And then I, I ran into her. I think her sister is Diane. Um, I ran into her the next day at a gas station on Concord Pike. And she was telling me that, you know, so it's just very sad. And I'll leave it at that. I found the dedications very nice. And, and um, she had taught me and my three siblings, three sisters, as well as hundreds and thousands of other people. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got a great, I just, I got a great uh, Miss Denton story, which I've told several people. So I'll share with the masses now. Uh, junior year, uh, I had fucked off in her class and didn't like turn into term paper and was like, oh, well, you know, I'll just be a senior with a junior class or whatever. However, that whole thing worked out. And the day after school, she called the house and. <laughs> I was like, first, first of all, I was terrified because I thought she was going to ask to talk to my dad and was like, you know, tell my dad, yo, like he just stopped working. And she said, Hey, she's like, are you busy? And I was like, no, uh, is everything okay? And she's like, look, I know you can, I know you can do better than what you did. Come up here and give me two good hours writing your term paper. And depending on what you turn in, I'll pass you. <laughs> and my dad was, he had left while I was on the phone with Mrs. Denton and I had to get on my 10 speed and it was like 90 degrees outside and ride up Washington Street Extension and I get in there and there were several people there that she had also called and they were knocking out, you know, knocking out their term papers or whatever. Did you have your note cards? Because that I had was- my note cards, I had my rough draft. Barry, they don't do that anymore. That's the other thing. We all did the junior term paper. I don't think they do that anymore. Like with the note cards, it's like missing. So like these, these teachers taught us how to do this. It's gone. Wow. That Wow. Yeah, it was, to me, that was, that was the kindest thing any educator had ever done for me. And the fact that like, to, I, I'll put it out there, and I've said it before, and I'll say it to my dying breath. Uh, Karen Denton is the reason why I post the Rise and Grind every morning. She's, she, it, you know, she felt, felt it in her heart to reach out to me and others and get us up or whatever and say, look, you know, come up here. here here's your second chance. 
and boom. What's interesting about like writing teachers are I've realized how I, and I read your posts, Barry. So we become better writers as we become older. Agreed. But if we didn't have those tools when we were younger, because I've read so many papers as a teacher, you can see where they didn't have good teachers or they just did not pay attention because their grammar's all over the place. Their writing has no consistency. Hey, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you can see where the, 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 the footprints are of a great teacher and she touched so many of our lives. Ross, I don't know if you ever had her, but you didn't have to have her to see her like Matt Money was telling me how she was his favorite teacher. And um, so many of us, you know, you just saw her in the hallway. She was lovely, you know. I think she might have gotten a teaching award when, when we were at Mount our junior year. Our, in 91, I think she might have won the award uh, in 91 because I think Bradley won in 92, but I might be wrong about that. So, I mean, there was, you know, just the presence and just, you know, again, I don't want to belabor the sadness, but we're losing this great generation of teachers and it just sucks. Um, yeah. I, I, I was never smart enough. I think you all are being quite humble. Um, I was never smart enough to have Miss Denton um, since she was, I believe she was AP and I was never AP. So um, she was honors. She was honors, but honors. Yeah, see, but don't I don't sell even know. Short. That's how far away I was from honors. Was that I was calling it AP. I don't even know what you're talking about. I never had her. I didn't have Crumb. I didn't have any of like the most like you know. Uh, I had Miss Windoff, which I know she was not. Um, you know, she was not honors, but I was never honors classes. So kudos to both of you. But I'll tell you what, man, that is really sweet, and you can hear. Um, people that listen on the podcast, which I know is a million and seven people, I think at the last time I counted. Um, but you can hear uh, the impact that she had on both of you just through your voice, through what you're saying and the emotion in your voice. Uh, both of you, it's, it's remarkable. And, and um, you know, we think about our teachers now and how important teachers are and how underappreciated teachers are. And just yeah. like story that Train shared and then Lev, like just, I mean, you spoke like so beautifully about her, like both of you guys, like, I think it's just a tribute to her and, um, you know, and a tribute to both of you for, for being open to, to those lessons, man. So, um, you know, may, may she be resting in a better place now, may yeah. she be a blessing and, um, you know, I know she will be missed. So again, next Saturday at 10 a.m. at St. Andrews and Matthews, Barry? Which is where in the city? It's on uh, 7th and Shipley in downtown Wilmington. Okay, so, and then I think there'll be a nice gathering afterwards. So you'll have all these generations of, besides friends of hers, former students, and it'll be interesting to see all of you um, out there. Um, so, yeah. So. Awesome. Uh, I, I feel weird at playing our music after after. Well, why don't we not play our music today? I, Can we I, just I, say goodbye and yeah, play? I think we'll leave it at that. Like, give us a good sign off. Um, well, here's the thing. I'm I don't know if you guys realized I'm I'm doing really really well, 
And I just want everyone to be healthy and feel good about their lives. And to be honest, after we're talking about Ms. Denton's passing, to really, I hope that if you're in need of help or struggling, I hope that you can take uh, solace in the world that there are good people in the world and that there are good things out there. Um, and that, uh, you know, coming, you both, I just want you guys to know, without getting into specifics on the air, you guys have both been amazing to me during the last two weeks. And I just really appreciate you guys for being there for me. It really, I just want that to go out there. Well, thanks for saying that, man. We appreciate it. And uh, I don't think and I want, any yeah. other way. And, and you've been an amazing friend as well, man. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful for your friendship and loyalty. And uh, yeah, man, give and people flowers while they can still smell them, right? Yeah, and, and the world is a good place. And the world is a good place. And there are a lot of good people in the world. And I thank God I have the honor of doing today's show with two of them. Thanks, Lev. You know I love you guys. RJ, any anything? Me, Green, he doesn't give a shit about the honor of doing it with me. He's like, uh, I see. What this about guy. you? Any anything you have to say? Uh, I mean, anything you have to say? Words of wisdom or anything? He's talking to you, Trey. No, you oh. and Barry. I'm, I'm I'm letting you have the. I think you said it beautifully. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can't follow that up, man. You 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 cleaned up real nice. Yeah, well, you know, I just need to get a shave now. <laughs> hey, I will go ahead and send this out because we're almost doing two out, you know, an hour and a half. This might be one of our longest shows, but we just hit a lot of different stuff. And I'm really glad that we did get to do that dedication to uh, Karen Dent. So. Agreed. Awesome. Adios, seniors. All right, fellas. Enjoy your weekend.